Lewis. What's up, what's up? It's your boy AT and your boy AE coming to you live and direct with another episode of Bars, Rhymes and Life where we break down the bars, relate to the rhymes so we can shed light on our lives. Just listen. Welcome to another episode of Bars, Rhymes and Life. Alan, do you ever get that sinking feeling? What? Quicksand, isn't it? Oh dear. Oh God. <laughs> I'd forgotten about the joke segment. Wait, he's back again. Uh, how's it going, man? How are you feeling? All good, man. All good. Okay, let's just get straight into it. I picked Yancey Boy's Quicksand featuring Common. And a lady that sings on the track that I can't remember her name, so apologies. What did you think of my pick this week? It was a really interesting one. I'd never heard of this track. Obviously heard of Common, but these other dudes didn't know anything about them. I like the beat, and I'm always, always happy to hear a verse from Common. I didn't even know Jay Diller had a brother. That was just like, or that he was, you know, in the industry. Diller's obviously was a legendary producer, so I was interested to to hear that but i enjoyed the track how did you come across it so shout out to the spotify algorithm as always and i instantly got caught by the guitars so whenever i hear guitars like this on a track on any type of track it could be a garage track it could be a drum and bass track it could be any type of track if i hear guitars being sort of like a chord being arpeggioed like that i instantly have to listen to it and then based on the next 30 seconds of the track, I might just switch it or not. But this came in, I heard this woman's voice and I think her voice is incredible. I really do. I think it's a really beautiful texture and tone to her voice. And then Common just starts barring off. And I and I was like, you, you know when you see an artist called Yancey Boys, but then you hear Common rapping and you're like, <laughs> why is Common on this track? Where's Common come out from? And then he's like, is that Common? And then you find out it is. You instantly start getting hooked. Uh, the more I listened to it, the more I actually fell in love with it. And I actually put this song on repeat for a while because I just loved the song, especially with the sun coming out the way that it is right now. You just hear this and you're just like, oh man, I really do like this track. So yeah, that was my pick for this week. I'm good to go. You were good to go? We're good to go. You're up first. The dream manifesto to get it and don't let go. Praises to the most high. Eyes are kind of set low. The dream manifesto to get it and don't let go. Praises to the most high. Eyes are kind of set low. The first line to me sounds like a sly attack on the American dream. And according to a guy called Michael Hout, professor of sociology at New York University, a lot of Americans think that the US 
has more social mobility than other Western industrialized countries. This study using medians instead of averages makes it abundantly clear that we have less. Your circumstances at birth, specifically what your parents do for a living, are an even bigger factor to how far you get in life than we previously realized. Anyone that's borderline middle class or below holds 2% of the wealth in the USA. That's it. The rest is all held by literally the top 1%. It's unreal, isn't it? This leads real nicely into my take of the next line. Based on this statistic that we've just explored, it's absolutely no surprise that those in the bottom quartile place way more emphasis on faith in God for good fortunes than faith in themselves because purely from a systematic point of view they can't jump from they can't jump or skip from lower class to middle to upper to elite hence praises to the most high but their eyes are kind of set low imagine someone working for 44 hours a week on minimum wage compared to an elite executive working 25 hours a week it's clear that the minimum wage earner is working way harder and way longer and the exec is working less. However, that 19 hours extra that that person's working will never lead to the minimum wage earner to accelerate past the exec. The world, fortunately for some and unfortunately for others, just doesn't work like that. And that's the Fed. That's not like... That's the official, official take of the American system showing you wealth distribution in in that country and you've just got no chance if you if you're in the bottom 50 percent it's next to impossible yeah i mean it's you say the world doesn't work like that it's you could argue that capitalism doesn't work like that like the the value of that minimum wage worker the the, the actual economic value of what they're doing is being given to someone else then that's the whole model of capitalism isn't it is that you don't own what you're making someone else extracts that wealth it's crazy man it's, it's incredible and an unbelievable opening bar for me because that's the when when i perceive it like that i was just like what does he mean praises to the most high but eyes are kind of set low and i was like oh wow it's about placing faith well for me my opinion is like you place your faith in god or something higher but you you set your expectations low because putting those expectations on yourself are only going to serve you disappointment. Yeah, this is classic common. There's such a an economy of words there. It's brilliant. Bars, who's next? I'm up. A man of many faces. I rocked the crooked smile since they took off my braces. A man of many faces. I rocked the crooked smile since they took off my braces. Jeez. Like I was just saying... Common has such a way with words, and every time I come across a new verse from him, he manages to impress me. He always manages to like evoke so much with just simple, short bars. A man of many faces, this speaks to me about how we kind of automatically compartmentalize our personalities. I think this starts when we're sort of teenagers and we start to develop a personality that's separate from our parents we get our own identity and often you end up developing like multiple versions of your personality not necessarily different but just like 
variations of who you are with one friendship group might be different to another, might be different to who you are with your parents, etc. And that's completely normal because people and personalities are just quite malleable. And what I've found, and I suspect this is true for other people, is that the older I've got and like the more secure I've become in myself, the more those variations have kind of converged onto a sort of unified me. And there's definitely still variations, like who I am with you is still slightly different to who I am at work, and again, to who I am with like unnamed aunts and uncles, but they're much similar than they used to be. It's not something that everyone experiences, like some people are like super open and secure from a young age, which is great from them, but I think for most of us, it's something we get with age. So yeah, to, to quote MF Doom, it's nice to be old. Nice to be old. Yeah, absolute bars. I completely agree with you with the sense that converging, that's what happens. Like, that's what's happened to me a lot more. I can relate to that. Is that something to do with you internally becoming a bit more comfortable with your own skin and uh, your own identity and knowing who you are? Or is that a case of you giving less of a crap about those around you and basically just not caring so much anymore? I think it's a bit of both. Those things kind of go hand in hand, don't they? Like the less, the more secure you are, the less concerned you're going to be about what other people think. And I think that's kind of what happens as you get older. You just kind of become a bit more comfortable with who you are and that you are a different, slightly different person in one situation that you might be in another situation and you're, you're happy with that. Bars, man. Who's next? You're up. A fatherless child that made it to the motherland. A fatherless child that made it to the motherland. I just find the bar so interesting. And I guess I take from this line that no matter how disenfranchised, isolated or neglected someone might feel, I think you can always find some place, if not a place that you can call home. What's really interesting is I read this book by a person called Siddhartha Mukherjee called The G. This was a really interesting and amazing book from which I learned something really interesting. The author explains that the genesis of a single cell embryo produced by the fertilization of an egg by a sperm comes from the paternal genes. But the cellular material of the embryo comes exclusively from the egg. It also supplies the embryo with specialized structures called mitochondria. Listen to this, yeah? The exclusivity of the female origin of all the mitochondria in an embryo has an important consequence. All humans, males or females, must have inherited their mitochondria from their mothers, and so forth, in an unbroken line of female ancestry, stretching indefinitely into the past. So now imagine an ancient tribe of 200 women, each whom bear one child. If you have a girl, her mitochondria passes on to the next generation. But if she has a son, the woman's mitochondrial lineage wanders into a genetic blind alley and becomes extinct. So technology being the way that it is, is you can now map back into time to find a particular species, mitochondrial ancestry to just a few women. And for modern humans, that number has reached one. Each and every one of us can trace our mitochondrial lineage to a single human female who existed in Africa about 200,000 years ago, 
She is the common mother of our species. We do not know what she looked like, although her closest modern day relatives are women from the San tribe from Botswana or Nambia. I find the idea of such a founding mother endlessly mesmerizing. In human genetics, she is known by a beautiful name, Mitochondrial Eve. Bruv, our mother, 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 motherland is in Africa. And I just find that absolutely amazing that me and you are connected by this one human being. She is the origin of modern humans. And it just makes me want to go really, it makes me want to go Africa in some point of time. So like a fatherless child that made it to the motherland. I love that. I just think that's unbelievable that we all come from one particular woman and her name is Mitochondrial Eve. And it doesn't matter what anyone says, I'm now related to my brother, Alan. You know what I mean? You are a distant, 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 distant brother and we all come from one particular person. I just think that's amazing. Yeah, wow, that's amazing that you got all of that from that bar. Um, yeah, it's incredible, like how small the human gene pool is. It's it's amazing. Bars, man, made me really think, made me really like reach back. And I just thought about mitochondrial Eve, and I do highlight her to quite a few people in my circles, and they're just like blown away. And I go, just quick, do a quick search on the internet, and you'll find it. And they're like, whoa, uh, and you can just see it really hit them that wow, there's just like this one person that we're all interconnected with. That's amazing. Bars, who's next? You're up again. I think how far these raps really took me. A veteran in the game, I stay fresh like a rookie. When I was underground, they used to overlook me. Now flicks and books tours make it hard for them to book me. I think I bought these raps really took me A veteran in this game I stayed fresh like a rookie When I was underground They used to overlook me Now flicks and book tours Make it hard for them to book me Semi-snap on that Oh, nice I just think it's unbelievable How a career in rap Has taken common so far And it's really inspiring Being a veteran in the game But staying fresh like a rookie I think keeping that attitude to life Is not easy it's not easy to to be like that, is to be a veteran, but still feel like you're a rookie. But if you can harvest that type of mindset and energy, I think you can really go far. Underground, they used to overlook me. I just think that's bars. That's just clever. It's very tight, but it's just bars, isn't it? Yeah. He's a legit Hollywood actor and an author now. So it's hard to be booked by the very people that overlooked him. It's just crazy good flow and it's just like tight economy of words for me. So I just loved it and I wanted to highlight it. Yeah, I mean, I snapped you on the, the first half of that about other perhaps really took me. I just love the positivity of that bar. Like your passion really can take you places and it doesn't matter what your passion is, whether it's music or, you know, drawing or football, like whatever the thing is that you're passionate about, really jumping into it and pushing your comfort zone out with it can take you to just interesting places, like literally and figuratively. The example I always go back to is when I was first learning to play the guitar. And one of the things I read is that it's useful to play with other people because I was just learning from YouTube videos, so which is fine to do, but you're on your own. Um, and so I found a, a group on Meetup and just a guitar players doing casual jamming. And I went and I thought, oh, I kind of don't want to go, you know, it's a bit scary, a bunch of strangers, you've never played guitar with anyone else before, it's just a bit of an intimidating situation. 
Um, but I went and I got so much out of it in terms of what I learned in, in the guitar, but also it ended up in me playing like my first gig to a live audience with those guys. And like, I just wouldn't have imagined it, that it went from, I'll just go and have a, a jam with these randos to being on a stage and just having fun. And yeah, man, if you follow your passion and find other people who also share your passion and just run with it, it can, can take you places. Legit, if I told Alan, especially GCSE English Alan, he's going to be doing gigs, playing guitar, he would have slapped me. Be like, no <laughs> chance. <laughs> Definitely, yeah, that's amazing. I really, really agree with you with how just following and vibing off a thing can really lead you to really unexpected places. Just the bars, man. It's too much, too much violent truths in this track. Absolutely. I'm up again. The presence of Ra, the essence of a star, jewelry in a car, suggesting who we are. The presence of Ra, the essence of a star, jewelry in a car, suggesting who we are. Bars. This is, this is more great writing from Common. I find that first line's really compelling, and I don't exactly know why. Like I, I like the rhyming of Ra, the Egyptian sun god, with star. That's just a a clever little wordplay there and also obviously alluding to shining figuratively it's just common has a real knack for those kind of short clever bars i really love that um and then he compares it with these other shiny things jewelry cars that we might use for fulfillment or to define ourselves. and it sounds a bit like common is sort of looking at that with suspicion you know the way he says jewelry in a car suggesting who we are he might be saying don't rely on those things for your shine and try and find it some other way. Maybe with the presence of Ra, the essence of a star, it's more of an inner thing that he's hinting towards. It's just a really nice little set of lines. Legit. Who's next? You're up. I'm seasoned, y'all. I never knew when to fall in the quicksand. I'm seasoned, y'all. I never knew when to fall in the quicksand. So I literally just took the next two lines after the ones you just picked. Clearly, really important from a lyrical point of view of how important it is to not give up, even when you feel like you're sinking. But on a completely random side note, say for instance, you randomly are stuck knee deep in a bunch of quicksand. Would you know how to get out, Alan? You're supposed to like lay down on you and like slowly get yourself out. Fucking now, every time I try to catch you out on something, you somehow seem to know the answer. You knew what my Morse code code was, and you've got this one out. But for all our listeners, I find this really what's the word? I don't know what the word is. Counterintuitive. Yeah, counterintuitive. That's it. That's exactly the word I was looking for. To know that these are what you're meant to do when you're stuck in quicksand. Sit down and lean back if your feet are stuck fast, creating a larger footprint should free your feet by removing the pressure they create, allowing them to float. When you feel them to start to come free, roll on your side, away from the quicksand and free, free it from its grip. You'll get dirty, but this is the quickest and safest way to free yourself. Another thing to do is to breathe deeply. Not only will deep breathing help you remain calm, it will also make you more buoyant. Keep as much air in your lungs as possible, it is impossible to quote unquote go under if your lungs are full of air. So just in case any of the listeners out there end up in a shitload of quicksand and you're not as smart as Alan, seeing that Alan fucking knows everything. 
guys, just take that note. You know, note note for the future. Note for your survival. Who knows? Bars, rhymes, and and saving your life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, legit, man. Bounce. All right, who's next? Here up again. And I did that. Me and my guys repping the city, and I hustle with no pity. They christened me Frank Nitty. And I did that. Me and my guys repping the city, and I hustle with no pity. They christened me Frank Nitty. Bruv, do you remember Common talking about Frank Nitty on the track One Nine Nine Nine? Oh, he did, didn't he? They tried to assassinate me, God, like Martin on the balcony. Lyrically, I put a hit on him, because I'm the style nitty. I'm the style nitty. 22 years later, he's on a track with a rapper called Frank Nitt, quoting Frank Nitty. 22 years later, he's hearing Frank Nitty, or he's saying about Frank Nitty on a track by a rapper called Frank Nitt. That's unbelievable. Literally... I last week I had no idea who the funk Frank Nitty was, and now he's on the next he's on the next track that I picked that was made twenty two years ago. That's fire. That's absolute fire for me. What are the chances? Two obscure tracks in a row, and they both have Frank Nitty reference. Mad, isn't it? Absolutely mad. That's all I had to say. I love that. I'm up, but then I bought it home. A student must then teach his own. But then I brought it home. A student must then teach his own. Nice. I I seem to be coming back to learning a lot at the moment um i think this is really good advice for students or anyone who's learning and that is teach what you know to someone else and it really helps to solidify the information in your head there's this really weird concept in programming that if you're struggling to figure out like a bug or how to write something you should explain your program to a rubber duck you buy a rubber duck you buy a little rubber duck and you put it on your computer monitor and you explain your program to it and you walk them through it line by line and it helps you get your head around it or it helps you find the problem and you see it you'll see like software engineers with little toys on their desk and they like if you imagine you're talking someone through your program step by step it can help you really get your head around it and they like oh that's where the mistake was so it must work i think when you're learning something, a great way to get your head around it is explaining it to someone else. And that's why I'll always try and take the opportunity to help someone with something that I know, whatever it is, because it's always mutually beneficial. So I think great, great bit of wisdom there. Man, I just can't wait for some sort of conversational video between you and Robert Duck. Has to be done, <laughs> right? Surely, Alan. <laughs> I haven't actually got one yet. I'll have to get one. I don't know you're a proper developer till I get a rubber duck. Yeah, man. You're not a real one until you've got a rubber <laughs> duck. I might have to get you one for your birthday or some sort of present of some sort. Bars. Love it. You're up. Ever let the picture fade to black before I say goodbye? Spot you like your Spotify. Ever let the picture fade to black before I say goodbye? Spot you like your Spotify. I can remember a fair few girls in the past that I've never said goodbye to simply because the picture had already faded to black. Closure is such a unique thing to so many people, but sometimes a situation can have already happened, and trust me, I've been in this weird situation where a partner wants to meet up, or an ex-partner wants to meet up, or connect, after the situation is done. I never forget an ex calling me on my birthday, months after we had broken up, And I was just staring at her name on my phone, really trying to process 
really hard, almost like, should I answer this? Because I didn't know whether I should answer this or not. My brother was around at the time and he was like, let me answer. I've got a few fucking things to say to say to this girl. And I was just really processing in the moment. I remember legit just absolutely just processing. I wasn't particularly feeling anything. I was just focusing on the moment and just thinking about really hard. What should I do? Should I answer this? Should I not? And what was going through my head was if I answer and I'm rude, I believe that means that I still care. Then I was like, if I let my brother answer and rip her, then I think it means that I'm weak and I still care. <laughs> so, so, so I was like, oh, that's not really like the right thing to do. But if you don't answer, it might mean that you still care, but there's nothing lost or nothing gained in not answering. So I'll just let it pass. And that's eventually that the decision I made at the end. But I'm telling people straight to all our listeners, if you've broken up with someone, of all days, of all days, don't ring them on their fucking birthday. <laughs> That's like the worst thing you could fucking do, yeah? I'm getting hype and energy and love on that day from everyone else and all my loved ones. And then all of a sudden, you got your ex in you, most likely to say happy birthday, but we're over. Like, what the fuck are you going to say to me? What, what are you going to say to me? I'm going to answer the phone. I ain't spoken to you in months. And you're going to say, hey, happy birthday. I don't know. what. How am I meant to respond? What, what am I meant to do? So if the picture's already fade, faded to black, there's no need to say goodbye. You don't need to close it if it's already been closed. Spot you like a Spotify. I just want to shout out Spotify for helping us put this out there. Their anchor platform has actually taken a lot of the bench pressing out of getting this podcast out there who, to anyone who may be listening. So spot you like a Spotify. Thank you, Spotify. <laughs> Yeah, it's not what you want on your birthday, is it? Like some random, like emotional turmoil. Oh man, it still stumps me. And part of me thinks, I wish I answered it and I just sort of gave my two pence and, you know, just made that person feel awful. But then I was like, I don't know what that says about me. That probably says more about me mm. than it says about the other person. And then I was just like, leave it. At least if I leave it, I can't like, I can't have caused any hurt and i actually ain't showing how much i care either so i don't know but yeah don't break up with someone if you want to call them about something call them if you need closure you need closure whatever don't be belling them on your butt on their birthday man that's like the worst thing ever <laughs> so that was it man all right you're up again i heard a hater say that i'll never be more than jay diller's little brother i'll never be more than an insignificant other I heard a hater say I'd never be more than Jay Dillard's little brother. I'd never be more than an insignificant other. This has to be my favourite lines of the track, Alan. How important is it for younger siblings to obtain their own identity? I think it's almost impossible to not be labelled someone's younger brother or sister. But I see it everywhere. And I see siblings that get it right. And I see siblings that get it wrong. What I mean by that is that there's no doubt where younger siblings look at their older siblings as a hero. So at, in times, there's always like, there's no doubt that when you're young and your younger brother is around you, or your younger sister's around you, your older sister, vice versa, you can't help but look at your elders as some type of hero. 
there's no denying it in my opinion most kids go through that thing phase where they believe their elder brother or sister in a normal situation no normal in quotations they they hero worship they idolize their elders this happens for such a long time and then out of nowhere there comes a fork in the road the first scenario is that the young and forever looks up to you but what that creates is a ceiling for that youngun because the young can never really fully realize his or her own full potential because they're constantly looking at their elder for that whole hero bias sort of i need you to help lead me in my life if that makes sense the second scenario is the youngun just one day stops treating you like a hero and guess what the elder almost feels some type of way about it and kind of dismisses the youngun from that point on as if they don't really matter anymore because they're refusing to look at the elder in that untouchable hero light the siblings grow apart and eventually stop getting along they're the two options that i usually see but there is another option though that is that you collaboratively try to achieve an identity for your younger sibling you make sure that you have shared interests but you don't totally consume each other's lives finally and this one is tough is that you listen to your younger brother or sister and it's so hard because for years you technically have been the alpha by default in that relationship and there's so much vocal muscle memory in play through years and years and years of having the final decision and say none of this is easy and i know i have yoyo through all three of those scenarios in my life and i just hope it might help some listeners out there so if you're a younger brother or younger sister or an older brother or not an older sister i want you to think about that because i definitely have gone through some shit with my younger brother some good times some bad times and all that kind of stuff but i wish i nailed and understood this a little bit earlier in my life because i think i would have negated a lot of pain in both of our lives not just not just like me or him so that's point 1 alan i don't know if you got anything to say cuz i got a shitload to say about the second line as well <laughs> i mean i love that insight it's really interesting i can't i can't relate to being an older sibling cuz i'm the younger sibling but i i know what you mean about feeling like you're so and so's little brother like it's just who you become at school until you make your own identity so yeah that's really interesting insight there okay cool so then the second line which is probably my favorite line of the track. It's, I'd never be more than an insignificant other. Bars Alan. <laughs> Absolute bars, right? Clearly this is a play on the words of being like this is my significant other. We've heard that mm. saying all the time, isn't it? I'm going to make a big statement here, but I truly believe no relationship can ever be perceived as a healthy one if one party is feeling insignificant. that's i truly believe that and i have two things to say on this particular matter one being a general statement and the other being from personal experience the first one is the predominantly flawed perception of domestic work and childcare that is somehow inferior to the partner that is quote unquote bringing in the money if you are the main breadwinner in your relationship it is really important to ask your partner straight up how important they feel in your relationship don't take it for granted that the person is okay with 
dropping and picking the children up, going straight to work, coming back in time to pick the kids up, coming home, cleaning the house, making dinner for kids, then separately making dinner for you when you come home from your day of work simply because you earn more money than the other partner. Don't think that that somehow this gives you a free pass to do fuck all around the house because nothing about domestic chores is easy and nothing about domestic chores is cheap. All you're doing is letting that negative feeling in the so-called insignificant other harbour that one day will come to a head in a way that you will not like or imagine. So that's point one. Point two is basically the other side of that. Like, if you're feeling like you are the insignificant other, and you do explain this to your partner, then it is up to you to explain and explore what needs to happen for the relationship to start start feeling a little fairer, to start feeling that, yeah, absolutely, if you do this, 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 and say this, 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 I will start feeling less insignificant in this relationship. What you can't do, and I swear to God, I can't tell you how many times in past relationships I've been through this fucking shit, Alan. This is why I say I've got so much to talk about because it's bare fucking passionate to me because I've had this. Abby, I feel like you're dismissive. I feel like you make me feel like I'm not important. I'm a, I, I feel like you don't take what I'm saying seriously. And Alan, I'm like, all right, cool. I'm upset that you feel like this, but I care about you enough to want to make a change. What do I have to do to improve the way you feel inside our relationship? Guess what I get? Guess what the answer I get when I ask that question? I don't know. (laughs) You can't say, I don't know, right? You can't feel one way and then say, I don't know. Or on top of that, in a, like, in some other relationship. So that was one. I had, I don't know, over and over again. And I was just like, how can I help us? How can I help you? If you constantly keep telling me you feel insignificant or you feel like you don't matter, but then you're not telling me what I can do to fix it because I, 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 I can't, I can't just be me. And then you're not even giving me anything to work with to get, to get you feeling like that. You just keep saying, I don't know. Or collectively work through some issues and come to an agreement that if I do this or change the way I say that or whatever, and I go away and go and do those things consistently for a long period of time, just for the question to be asked again, and for you to say, no, I know you've done all of those things, but I still feel inferior. Bruv, there's nothing more frustrating than that. There's nothing more frustrating than speaking to a partner, being told that, yeah, I want you to do this, 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 and it's going to make me feel better. You go away and do those things, and then that person tells you, no, I don't feel any better. You're just like, what? When were you going to tell me? when were you going to tell me you would never you're just going to let this go on for fuck knows how long yeah it's just it's drama for me and then that's when I start feeling that the problem isn't me the problem is inside you and I can't do anything to fix that because to fix what you're asking for takes accountability transparency and reflection on yourself to shine a light on your life and that's all I have to say about it guys that's bars rhymes and life Uh, I totally feel what you're saying about those power dynamics um it's it's the like paid versus unpaid labor isn't it and which one we give value to but like you said the value in unpaid labor is huge and it ain't easy no no doubt man but yeah 
I'd never be more than the insignificant other. What a line. Really, really touched something in me and I just had to let it out. So apologies again for the, the long <laughs> rant. Oh, I love it. I'm up next. My career, I had to keep pursuing that. My career, I had to keep pursuing that. Just a really short one here. Um, like I kind of said before, if you have something that you're passionate about, maybe it's your career, maybe it's not. Yeah, it could be anything. If you keep pursuing it and continuing to progress with it, it will always be valuable to you. Like beyond any financial benefit, just in general, like your own well-being. It's so good to keep at those things, even when the initial spark of it plateaus a bit and then, and it becomes a bit kind of, oh, I'm just doing this again. Just be regimented with it. Stick with it a bit. Work through those kind of stale moments. And you'll always be glad that you did in the end. I think I'm always happiest when I've progressed a little bit in some way in one of the things that I'm passionate about. So yeah, some great advice there. Straight facts. Absolutely amazing track in my eyes. Alan, as always, thank you for listening to me and you know helping me fucking be a nice, calm air to listen to and resonate with. Nothing but love to Yancey boys and all their listeners. Thank you, Common, for your bars as always. Uh, nothing but love to you, Alan, and nothing but love to our listeners. One. Peace.